If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the international outrage after the world sees horrifying images from the Ukrainian city of Bucha. Hundreds of civilians tortured and executed, buried in mass graves. Tonight, President Biden calling for Vladimir Putin to face a war crimes trial. He is a war criminal. The horrors of war in Ukraine revealed. It doesn't matter where you go in Butcher, you could stumble across a crime scene. President Zelensky visits the city, calling the killings a genocide. The global <laughs> outcry tonight as Russian forces pull back to regroup. The refugee crisis. Our story tonight about the women and children fleeing war and making the 6,000-mile trip to America's southern border. We're in Mexico tonight, where Ukrainians are seeking asylum, joining the thousands from other countries in Central America. Targeting Russia's richest, the FBI seizes a Russian oligarch's $90 million superyacht in Spain as the Biden administration vows new sanctions. Severe weather across the South. Millions from Texas to South Carolina face the threat of tornadoes, hail, and flash flooding. Sacramento suspect under arrest, but the manhunt for others continues tonight after six people were shot and killed. What we're learning about the victims. Plus today's other top headlines, the spring break travel nightmare, men and women's March Madness, and music's biggest night. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you for joining us as we start a new week together. Tonight, we want to begin with what may mark a new phase in the war in Ukraine. The Russians are retreating from the towns around the capital of Kiev, but they are leaving behind evidence of atrocities. The pictures are horrific. Bodies of dead civilians in the streets, some allegedly killed execution style. Ukrainian President Zelensky visited the town of Bucha today, and he called what he saw genocide. The depravity has sparked global outrage and President Biden called for a war crimes trial against President Vladimir Putin. And this just in, Zelensky will address the U.N. Security Council tomorrow. Russia is a permanent member of that group. CBS News has learned that nearly 70 percent of the Russian troops that were surrounding Ukraine's capital have started to reposition. A U.S. defense official saying that's likely just to regroup before heading back in. We have a lot of news to get to, starting with CBS's Deborah Pata in Kyiv. Good evening, Deborah. Good evening. Well, Russia denies killing unarmed civilians, saying it's another provocation from Ukraine. But when we visited Bucha today, the horror of Russia's war in a residential area was undeniable. And we should warn, these images are disturbing. 
These are the scenes that Russia denies. The unburied dead sprawled across the town who do not wear military uniform. They are civilians like these, executed with their hands bound behind their backs or residents on bicycles pitted against Russian tanks. Evidence of war crimes, says Ukraine. Next to this church, a hastily dug mass grave, one of several in this town. The government says nearly 300 bodies have been found. And the Ukraine military released this footage of what it calls a basement torture chamber, showing a line of people hands tied before receiving a bullet in the head. It doesn't matter where you go in Butcher, you could stumble across a crime scene. Inside this building, a man who was shot at point-blank range. He appears to have been blindfolded, shot in the head, and wears a rudimentary safety helmet with the defiant words of a Ukrainian resistance song, Warriors of the Light. Yuri watched from his apartment window as Russian soldiers brought him here. They were taking him at gunpoint, he told us. Tatiana lives in the same building. She fled to an underground basement with eight other residents as Russian soldiers positioned themselves outside and threatened them. Uh, then uh, running to that, running and uh, uh, very cry. I kill everybody underground. Uh, give me, I kill them. In the courtyard, the remains of the Russian camp, beer bottles, empty munition boxes, an overturned car turned into a protective shield. <laughs> and everywhere you turn, a trail of death and destruction. Burnt-out Russian tanks line a collapsed bridge where Ukrainian forces beat back the invading troops. Today, a visit here from President Volodymyr Zelensky, a sure sign that these towns around Kiev are firmly back in Ukrainian hands. But this war is far from over. The Russian military has left here to reinforce troops in Donbass. It's believed they are gearing up for a full-scale attack. Some of the worst fighting in Donbass has been in the battered city of Mariupol, where 100,000 residents still remain trapped. A humanitarian relief convoy was unable to enter the city for the fourth straight day due to security concerns. Nora? Deborah Pata, thank you. Well, the White House strongly condemned Vladimir Putin today, and President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, made it clear that the U.S. does not believe this was a random accident or a rogue act but part of Russia's plan. CBS's Weijia Zheng reports from the White House. President Biden today said he was right to accuse Vladimir Putin of committing war crimes and that he must face consequences. The truth of the matter, we saw what happened in Ruka. This warrants him, he is a war criminal. We have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual, have a war crime trial. The president also said he plans to seek new sanctions against Russia, even though existing ones have yet to deter Putin. What function will an additional sanctions package have when you announce it? Sanctions are not alone going to solve any of these problems, but they are a critical tool in ultimately producing a better outcome to this conflict than it would otherwise be produced. The administration also continues to move in on Putin's closest cronies. FBI agents in Spain today seized oligarch Victor Vexelberg's 255-foot, $90 million super yacht named Tango.
Today marks our task force's first seizure of an asset belonging to a sanctioned individual with close ties to the Russian regime. It will not be the last. As Bill Whitaker reported on 60 Minutes Sunday, many oligarchs have laundered their money through the British real estate market. This is the neighborhood of choice for the Russian oligarchs. This is Belgravia. These neighborhoods around Eaton Square are some of the most expensive on earth. Once the exclusive preserve of dukes and barons, now... There is this nickname for Eaton Square, it's called Red Square, um, because there's so many Russians. I mean, it's a slightly ironic nickname because obviously Red Square is, you know, tends to be associated with communism. The White House acknowledged that sanctioning Russian oligarchs will not lead to any direct change, but they said it is one of many pressure points combined they believe will make a difference. As for that new set of sanctions, they are set to be announced this week in coordination with allies. Nora. Weijia Chang, thank you. Let's turn now to a new crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border as the number of Ukrainians seeking asylum grows by the day. The United States last month committed to accepting as many as 100,000 Ukrainian refugees, but has yet to establish a pathway. So many show up in Mexico, where the Department of Homeland Security has granted a special exemption for Ukrainians to enter the U.S. CBS's Manuel Bohorkas is there in Tijuana, Mexico. They've come more than 6,000 miles. Ukrainian men, women, and children eat and sleep on the streets of Tijuana, others in tents. This is your home for the next few days. Yeah, that's all what I can bring with me. But Anastasia Petu couldn't bring her parents, who live outside Kyiv. You have hope that it will get better there. Just hope, yeah. Hope. And pray. Hope and pray. Yeah. Hope here comes in the form of a number, the one assigned by Ukrainian-American volunteers to determine who's next in line to present themselves to U.S. border agents. What number are you? My number, 1,185. This is where the encampment started. It's a bus station, the last bus station before reaching the U.S. border. It's estimated more than a 1,000 Ukrainians are camped here, just like thousands of asylum seekers from other countries, mostly Latin American and Caribbean, have done before. But unlike the Ukrainians, a controversial COVID policy known as Title 42 has largely stopped them from going further for the past two years. They feel for the Ukrainians, they tell us, at this shelter. But Roxana Ruiz Ramirez of Honduras, who's been waiting nine months to claim asylum, says gang threats have put her family in a life-or-death situation, too. You need help, too. Necesitan ayuda también. But on this day at the border... God bless Ukraine, God bless Mexico, and God bless America. The celebration would come from a woman named Mila from Los Angeles, who met her 17-year-old grandson after he traveled alone for almost a month from Kiev. He's very, very happy that he is here on this land and, you know, can be united with his family. Without a quick legal way to directly enter the United States, the Ukrainians here say that getting a tourist visa to enter Mexico and then coming to the port of entry here is their best bet. We've watched several groups go through today and more are on the way. Nora? Manny Bohorkas on the border. Thank you. 
Let's turn now to some breaking news just coming in. Tonight, it appears that Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson will become the first black female Supreme Court justice. That's because Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski and Utah's Mitt Romney said they will vote to confirm the historic nomination. Along with Maine's Susan Collins, that makes three Republicans who will support the first black woman to the nation's highest court. Today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said a final confirmation vote will happen later this week. Let's turn now to the weather with another spring storm system moving into the south this week with severe thunderstorms, hail, and threats of tornadoes. For the forecast, let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Nora. Another week and another stormy stretch for parts of the United States, from Texas to the Carolinas. It's going to be day after day of severe weather. This is a virtual look at a stormy Dallas, and that's what is expected tonight. That severe weather threat will go into the overnight hours. Not only is it possible, it is likely for parts of Texas through Louisiana, southern Arkansas, and Mississippi. The timing for this... Over the next several hours, some of the biggest storms we're going to see will be across the Red River Valley, around Texas, southern Oklahoma as well. And then eventually, this is going to move into Louisiana and Arkansas. could see damaging winds, very large hail, and of course, can't rule out the threat for tornadoes. And the threat continues again tomorrow. Nora? Chris, thank you. Tonight, at least one suspect is under arrest in connection with that deadly mass shooting early Sunday in Sacramento. Six people were killed and a dozen injured. Police say the manhunt for other gunmen is ongoing. We get the latest from reporter Steve Large of our CBS Sacramento station, KOVR. Just seconds after this fight on the streets of downtown Sacramento. Police say multiple suspects opened fire. And as people fled in panic... Five people down. I got another one hit, uh, another gunshot. Police have made one arrest, but at least 100 shell casings were found from various weapons. Of the 18 people hit, six of them died. They range in age from 21 to 57. Gun violence is truly a crisis in our community and has increased not only here in Sacramento, but across the nation. This was the worst mass shooting in Sacramento history. It's one of the more than 120 mass shootings nationwide this year alone. For Sacramento's mayor, shock has turned to anger. Thoughts and prayers are not enough. It's not enough. There was a moment of silence last night before the Sacramento Golden State game, just blocks from the shooting site. I don't think moments of silence are going to do anything at some point. Our government has to decide, um, are we going to have some common sense gun law? It's not going to solve everything, but it will save lives. Police here say they already have quite a bit of evidence, more than 100 cell phone pictures and videos. They're also looking at surveillance videos. Tonight, the city will host a vigil to honor the victims. Nora? Thank you, Steve Large. We appreciate it. Sacramento is not alone with the rise in violent crime nationwide. Homicide rates have risen by an average of 37 percent in the biggest cities. Tonight, we're taking an in-depth look at an FBI task force working with police to get guns and criminals off the streets. Here's CBS's Jeff Pegues. It's a firearms narcotics search warrant. Anybody have any questions? Shortly before 6 a.m., SWAT teams in Buffalo are prepping to serve search warrants. What could go wrong? I mean, worst-case scenario, someone could lose their life. Part of a new federal and local strategy against violent crime and murder. Lead FBI agent Steve Bologna says during the pandemic, homicides surged. Crime spiking and there's blood in the streets. You have to do something now. 
The tactical units just breached this home right here. They're looking for a suspect in connection with a drug case. Here in Buffalo, the FBI and local police changed their strategy, focusing on cases that can be solved quickly, sharing intelligence, and using federal charges against some suspects to keep them off the streets and in jail. So he had a fentanyl shotgun. Fentanyl shotgun so far. Yeah, so far. We have an ability to hold people. Um, We have an ability to, to protect our sources. The FBI's top criminal agent, Luis Casada, says the changes have paid off in recent months. Is it working? Yes. There was a reduction in impact of a 50% reduction of homicides. Erie County Sheriff John Garcia says a surge in violent crime started after George Floyd's murder, anti-police demonstrations, and COVID. Officers took a step back. Law enforcement has slowed down in terms of catching up to criminals? I believe so. You think so? Yes, absolutely. We have to unleash our, our police again. This is what unleashing the police looks like. Inside a townhouse, a stash of drugs, money, and a weapon. And the dope was in the kids' room. Wait a second. So the dope was hidden in a child's room? Yes, sir. Later that day, the police are back hitting the streets, this time to explain themselves. Buffalo Police Commissioner Joe Grimalia. They're going to walk the areas where our SWAT teams were out and engage with the community and let them know why we're here. Power, persuasion, and a drop in murders. What could be a new way to tackle high crime. Jeff Begay, CBS News, Buffalo, New York. Chaos erupted at U.S. airports over the busiest travel weekend. More than 12,000 flights were canceled and delayed today. The disruptions were blamed on bad weather and other issues, including staff shortages. JetBlue, Southwest, Alaska, Spirit, and American Airlines were among the most affected. Hundreds of flights were canceled today as airlines struggled to get back on schedule. All right, tonight, South Carolina is celebrating its second national championship in women's basketball. The Gamecocks shut down UConn 64-49 to Sunday night, becoming the first team to beat the Lady Huskies in 12 NCAA title games. On the men's side tonight, North Carolina and Kansas are facing off in New Orleans. The Tar Heels are playing for their seventh national championship, while the Jayhawks are looking for number four. That'll be a good game. The 64th Annual Grammy Awards were a night of celebrations, dedications, and tributes to the artists, the music, and the people of Ukraine. CBS's Anthony Mason had a front row seat to it all. The Grammys started with so much energy, it seemed a sign of getting back to normal. Silk Sonic, featuring Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, took home record of the year. We are really trying our hardest to remain humble at this point. John Batiste high-stepped his way into the audience, winning five Grammys, including Album of the Year for We Are. There is no best musician. The creative arts are subjective, and they reach people at a point in their lives when they need it most. Every style of music was celebrated. Veterans like Lenny Kravitz took the stage, along with new artists like 19-year-old Olivia Rodrigo and K-pop sensation BTS. There were somber moments, too. This tribute to Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins, who died of a possible drug overdose last month. 
and a plea for help from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. On our land, we are fighting Russia, which brings horrible silence with its bombs, the dead silence. Feel the silence with your music. Feel it today to tell our story. A group of musicians from Ukraine joined John Legend to honor their home. Anthony Mason, CBS News, Las Vegas. Congrats to the winners and the whole CBS production team. It was a great show. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, American Innovation, how a California startup is fighting climate change by creating new types of meat. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hey, it's Matt Norlander with the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast, and it is tournament time, people. So listen to the one podcast that will cover every upset, Cinderella, Bracket Buster Sleeper. We've got it all covered, every round, reaction shows, all the way up through the championship game in Glendale, Arizona. To find us, search Eye on College Basketball podcast wherever you get your podcasts.